Welcome to Brand Saving the Planet. I'm Kelly Rogan, and this is the podcast where we talk to startup founders working to make this world a better place, to learn from their journey and help you grow your own impact startup. All right. Awesome. Well, to kick it off, I'd love to just kind of get an introduction to who you are, um, Peak Ventures, kind of what your mission is and, and how you got started. Yeah, sure. And thanks for having me on, Kelly. Um, <laughs> would love to give you an intro on Peak Sustainability Ventures. Um, so we're, we're a VC fund based out of Mumbai, India. And really pioneering early stage VC investing within sustainability specifically. Um, in India, it's interesting because you see a lot of impact firms that include agri and, and sometimes even climate into their thesis, but you don't really see sustainability dedicated firms. And especially in this past two years where you've seen that grow in the US, um, we felt that it was high time India needed that as well. In terms of what the mission is, we've been investors in early stage for a long time. And before this, we used to invest uh, across all industries, um, and we've had some very successful investments in consumer, fintech, enterprise. Um, but we also saw outperformance within our sustainability portfolio, specifically in, um, mm-hmm. in companies like Drinkwell, Ion Energy. And so we thought that, look, going on the trend of um, kind of what you're seeing in sustainability, this is back in 2014, um, to, uh, to kind of how impactful it might be. Uh, we thought that this would... Uh, be something very necessary for the ecosystem and catalyzing a lot of early stage companies. So we launched Peak Sustainability Ventures in, um, in late 2019 and, um, and have made a number of investments since then. Um, in terms of what the company is, we're focusing on four verticals, um, uh, new energy, agriculture, climate tech, and water. Okay. Can you dive a little bit deeper into like the decision-making and like choosing which specific startups that you're going to be investing in, you know, what goes into that full criteria that, that you use to decide which, which startups you want to work with? Yeah, definitely. So I guess there's two ways we really think about it. One is um, a top-down perspective and one is a bottom-up perspective. So within each of the uh, four verticals that I mentioned that we focus on, um, we really have subsector theses that form uh, kind of how we look at the universe, what we think the biggest opportunities are, and where we want to see companies. Um, we have a very uh, kind of uh, focused and um, output-oriented approach, so we don't necessarily wait for deals to come to us. We'll actively go out into the market and identify what we like about them. So just to give you a couple of examples, within New Energy, we, uh, we think about kind of resource intensity and energy efficiency, using less energy to perform the same function and doing more with less, which is what resource intensity is. And so that leads to things like uh, figuring out material substitutes. So moving away from kind of rare minerals and focusing on things like, um, okay, how do we use hydrogen or zinc air batteries, um, energy storage, mobility, waste to energy. Um, in agri, um, we think about it from the perspective of uh, regenerative agriculture. And so we have actually created this whole thesis around how topsoil top is, um, is basically the lifeblood of agriculture and it ter- determines crop growth. And so when we think about agri, especially in India, we think about firstly agricultural practices um, using kind of uh, lower um, fertilizer, using multi-cropping techniques, using drip irrigation, things like that 
But then outside of that, um, and we recently did a deal in alternative proteins because of the huge environmental footprint the meat industry has in the ecosystem. We're doing things in supply chain optimization, getting rid of the middlemen and make, basically making the transportation from where the food is grown to where you're eating it much sm smaller. Um, in water, we think about things around wastewater management and, um, and water recycling, how to use less water and desalination and new technologies within desalination. And finally, on climate tech, um, climate tech incorporates plastics and biodiversity. We have a really big push towards reducing the amount of single-use plastics through packaging innovation, uh, through uh, more recycling, through design principles, things like that. And, um, and same on the biodiversity side. Um, I think that biodiversity is something that isn't really considered an investable opportunity. But at the same time, it's one of the most important natural ways in which we can um, sort of prevent global warming. And so if you can think about how to improve um, uh, forest quality or increase the amount of carbon sinks in the world, that creates a very compelling both sort of planetary opportunity as well as investment opportunity. Wow, it sounds like you guys are literally saving the world. <laughs> this feels like a lot. Do you like? Do you sleep at all? Like, how does? I'm trying to like understand. I'm understanding all of, you know everything that you're saying, but I'm just trying to understand like what does your day to day look like? Like how you know within Peak Ventures, how are you guys able to manage so many different areas? You know, I feel like each area that you mentioned could have a team of 20 people, right? Just managing one of those areas so how with having such a diverse portfolio doing such impactful work how are you guys able to manage that like day to day well firstly thanks a lot and we work so hard to hear people like you say things like that <laughs> <laughs> um i mean this is so i mean i've given you a summary of what's been literally months and months of work and um and Honestly, we're continuing to update our subsector theses, what we look at, what we find compelling. And so, um, and so we, we divide it up like, like most investment funds would. We have an investment team, we have research unit, we have um, kind of higher level management that kind of directs where um, allocation of time should be. Um, I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, what my day looks like, for instance, I'm a partner here. Um, it's, it's a combination of kind of... Uh, focusing on look what are the what are the deals that have come through the pipeline that the team has already dis described look these are interesting companies what should we do with them we have a we have a weekly pipeline call and so for instance today being monday we had we had our weekly pipeline meeting where we go through not just deals that have been funded in the entire ecosystem but also deals that are specifically relevant to us that we've spoken to the founders of um, we decide what to do for, with those founders from there on um, then we talk about kind of macro opportunities we talk about um kind of anything else going on in the ecosystem partnerships, we're always focusing on finding good ecosystem partners to, to, to partner with. For instance, um, uh, there is a, a very interesting individual who's spearheading this um, plastics recycling um, program in Germany, and he's coming to India. And so um, someone had asked us to kind of set up an event around um, plastics recycling, like change makers of plastics in India. And so we love doing things like this that help catalyze the ecosystem in and outside of um, just the investment side. That's fascinating. And you, you mentioned a lot about how you know, this whole ecosystem and everything. And I feel like when we're looking at especially sustainability, it's something that has to be looked at worldwide. So I am curious. So I know you guys are, are based out of Mumbai, but 
how do you think, you know, first of all, like, do you guys um, have any investments in companies from different places around the world? Or, you know, if not, then what do you think, like, how are you able to partner and kind of what do you think the role should be of different countries to kind of all work together towards, a, you know, the common goal? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it's something we've actually put in our deck, which is that, um, firstly, we don't, we don't believe the world can achieve its sustainability goals without India's participation. Hmm. And um, I think that's really important to note because the U.S. may be the most advanced in terms of like DAC or whatnot. But India just has a massive population. And if, and if the country doesn't do anything about it, then a lot of what the rest of the world does won't matter. So India and China and, um, and some of these other very large regions play a very important role. At the same time, we do have a 25% global carve out because we strongly do think a lot of the innovation is coming from more developed markets in the US and Europe. And so what we have this carve out for is to, um, is to bring um, technologies to India and help them expand and sometimes bring Indian technologies globally. And so, um, and so I think it really is a global opportunity. It's not something that's regional. And when you look at climate and the consequences of, um, of climate change, it's certainly not regional. Like um, you're seeing floods in Germany, you're seeing um, sort of crazy things going on everywhere mm-hmm. around the world. Um, too many examples, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's, it just indicates that look, um, there's no planetary, like there's no planetary boundaries, right? Like these, these, um, these regions that we've kind of devised amongst ourselves are not really um, from a planetary standpoint, um, mm-hmm. anything that kind of creates barriers between one place and another. Mm-hmm. So um, we have invested in a couple of companies. Uh, we've invested in a company called HST Solar, which is um, which is based in San Francisco, and that optimizes um, solar farms um, via kind of over 400 different parameters to tell people the best way to kind of um, make your solar farm more optimal. So yeah, we we think this is a global opportunity, but you have to start somewhere. And honestly. Um, there is not many people in India, uh, which is why it's also very compelling from an investment perspective. Mm-hmm. No, it makes perfect sense. I think it is. I love the concept that these lines that we've divided between countries, they're, you know, in the end, they don't really matter. They're just something that we've like created in some of them, you know, but in the end, we have to like break those down and be like, okay, can we stop fighting over these, <laughs> these little things like, are nothing compared to what we'll see in the future. And we're seeing, you know, in California, like I think I saw a stat that like California, if it were a country, would be like the sixth richest country. And they're just getting destroyed with fires and like no one is safe, you know? So it's like, we have to, we have to step up together. But I am curious. I think a common saying is that we cannot continue on as business as usual. Like this is not business as usual. So I'm curious from an investment perspective, how it changes, you know, how does that change when you're looking at investing in sustainable funds? You know, how, what's that sort of process look like and compared to just, you know, because typically it's ROI, right? You're just looking at, you know, how I'm going to give you X amount of money and I want X amount back, right? But how does that change or what does that you know, process look like when you're focused on some, a bigger picture? Yeah, definitely. And so we, we invest directly into, into companies within the four verticals that I mentioned. And um, while we strongly do think that uh, you have to have that financial lens in place, you can't think of this as an impact investment because if you do, uh, firstly, your portfolio is not gonna be sustainable. Secondly, 
if you're thinking about the business from that perspective, they're also not going to be sustainable. And if you're relying on grants and other forms of capital that are non-dilutive, then, then you won't grow and scale as much. And therefore, your externalities will also be lower. So we strongly, strongly believe that, look, you have to have an investment mindset when you're, um, when you're thinking about um, sustainability investing. Uh, how we think about this from, from, I guess, the perspective of, look, ROI versus other measures, um, we, we basically think about it in two ways. Firstly, as a VC fund, um, you don't have as much money as, say, a private equity fund or, um, or even like a hedge fund or even just like a very large corporation like a Unilever, um, like corporate venture or capital arm. And so you have to be very smart about how you spend your dollars. And what we do is we try to invest in companies that are either technologies or layers or creating like an innovative process within something that can have a huge impact with not that much capital needed. And so, um, and so for instance, we invested in a plant-based protein company that's making ingredients to sell to D2C plants, plant-based protein manufacturers. And so they sell to people who will do the branding, the marketing, which requires a lot of cash, but mm. we focus on the innovation with the ingredients. Um, I think it's the same thing on, uh, on another company that we invested in, which actually has gotten invested in by Amazon's Climate Pledge Fund. Um, this was actually their Amazon's first investment outside of the US and in Asia. And um, they're building a battery management system on top of, um, uh, on top of electric, uh, electric vehicle batteries, right? And so you're investing in the software and the technology mm-hmm. that can hugely scale up, but you're not investing in the vehicle itself. And so less dollars required, but huge positive externalities. So I guess that's broadly how we think about businesses and, uh, and where we think the return will come from, at least from a VC perspective. It's really interesting. I mean, I feel like in the end, it might, you know, we might kind of overcomplicate it, but really it kind of boils down to, I don't know if you agree with this, but kind of, you know, sustainable business, I think is good business, right? Because that's like, that's the whole thing is like, if you're depleting resources, <laughs> that's not good business. <laughs> like, you know, we need to stop, yeah. maybe change our mindset that it's not charity. You know, we're not giving charity. Oh, we just save the animals. It's like, no, we need to save ourselves. Like, boom. They're, they're, you know, and, yeah, and there was this, exactly. this concept that, like, yeah, we're not a, trying to save the planet. Point. We're trying to save humanity, right? The planet will be here. <laughs> the, the planet will figure it exactly. out. Exactly. We won't. And there's, there's whole charities dedicated to, like, saving animals, saving the environment, stuff like that. But if you did that, in a for-profit, like very sustainable way, the amount of money you make will then make your whole impact much greater. It's a self-fulfilling mm-hmm. prophecy. The, the, the only downside to charities is that you're just, you're not going to be as effective in achieving your actual end goal. And so it's basically what's the best way to achieve that outcome is how we think about it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's like we need to kind of almost create, it's like the idea, I know B Corp, um, at least in the US market has exploded. It's like this, new type of corporation right that is like trying to not be so greedy which i feel like should really just be all corporations right eventually we'll just get rid of all the other ones (laughs) you just can't stick around but so i'm curious in terms of looking at the state um, like the side or perspective of a founder what sort of advice do you have because i'm sure you know there's so many companies popping up every single day trying to get into climate action um, but how, what's kind of your advice for an early stage founder of a climate, you know, climate focused business that's trying to go for investment and they're just getting started? Kind of what do you, 
want them to focus on to be able to work with peak ventures? Yeah, definitely. Great question. And we see a lot of deals. I mean, just in the past um, two or three months, we've seen about 400 deals and um, have screened about kind of half of them closely. And that's just in India. So um, globally, it's multiples of that. Um, I think uh, a couple of things. Firstly, we, I mean, just in particular, we really like passionate founders. You don't have to be passionate to create a successful startup within sustainability, but it helps when you're faced with tough decisions and when you are looking for kind of ways to do things. And um, sometimes you see uh, people not necessarily thinking about the environment as a whole, only thinking about it in silos. And the reason we have these four verticals is because you can't think about um, agriculture without thinking about, look, how much water are you using in the first place? Because that's a resource you can't just be using arbitrarily. Or um, if you're if you're doing something in water, well then like desal, for instance, today's desal uses a lot of energy. So that's not sustainable. And we, we do feel like um, the truly passionate founders about sustainability will think about things in a broader lens rather than just being like, okay, I'm building this energy efficiency thing, but it's using a ton of water and, um, and, a, and a lot of other resources that are not necessarily renewable. And so I would say one thing is passion. Second thing is um, just, uh, I guess, being smart about the places you want to play in. Recently, we, um, we saw a company that kind of um, wanted to build, uh, build a gigafactory, right? Like, like Tesla almost. And mm-hmm. while you can do that, that's a laudable goal. It requires a lot of capital and uh, it's not necessarily a VC business. And so that's totally fine, but then don't look for VC capital. I would say the second thing is just to figure out like what business model you want and what's the best way to achieve the outcome that you want. Don't try to do everything. Focus on a particular goal and try to achieve it in kind of the most capital efficient way possible because this is never going to be impacted. It needs to be truly sustainable. And so um, you have to build it like a good business. Like you said, like a good business is also a sustainable business. It's, um, it's not one in like two different things, basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel like it, it is challenging because there's so many problems that we're facing right now. And so I feel like it can be, there's that tricky balance, right? Of keep, you know, keeps keeping everything in mind of the full cycle of every single impact that you do, but also staying hyper-focused and being able to do one thing right, right? Because if you try to do it all, then, you know, you just can't, you just can't get started. But, so. it, but it is tough because uh, when you get into this space and like, I'm sure you know, you get so passionate about so many things. Like on one hand, you care a lot about like uh, ocean plastic, right? But on the other mm-hmm. hand, I care a lot about energy consumption. Yeah. You can't build two businesses that are just going to solve every problem in the world. And so uh, I do, I do, like, I do feel for those people. And I mean, that's, I guess, the good place to be in, which is an investor, which is investing in multiple verticals. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but when you're a founder, you do have to be quite concentrated. And when, so do you ever do, I mean, I know you guys are in so many different verticals, but do you have like a recipe in mind of kind of your dream team that when you start to work with a a startup, they have these certain key roles, Um, you know, whether it be obviously like the founder, but is there, you know, a tech person who should always be there? Is there a scientist that should always be there? Do you have some sort of like a checklist that you look at the team that you're investing in? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it, it really depends on kind of the type of company and yeah. the industry. Um, 
uh, I mean, yeah, typically if it's a R&D intensive business, we will want to see like that science team behind it and yeah. someone who really knows the product quite well. And, um, and perhaps if it's a B2B, then we don't care as much about branding and marketing. But if mm-hmm. it's B2C, then definitely that branding is extremely important. We just invested in an energy efficiency company and we cared a lot about, look, um, what's your, what's your marketing messaging look like? What's your logo looking like? What is your overall branding? And so that becomes important when you're selling directly to a consumer. Um, and you guys are in advertising, so I don't need to say anything to you about it, but, but I would say, um, different skill sets depending on the type of business they're building. Um, and, uh, and typically, yeah, you'll want to see at least, uh, one or two founders. I mean, I would say, I would say two founders is what we like. Um, one founder is, is fine too sometimes, um, but some, some strong competitive mode. Now, maybe that comes from the R&D. Maybe that comes from being a first mover. Maybe that comes from a very innovative way of thinking, but uh, that's really what we'll want to see. And so wherever that competitive mode is, is also where um, the team should have kind of uh, more assets in place. Awesome. So I want to move forward. I know there's a lot of negativity around like the word sustainability almost just feels like, oh, you're already like doom and gloomy, like things are not well. But I want to focus on kind of looking forward. You know, obviously, we're both working right now. We're both awake and and doing things. So what gets you out of bed? Like, what are you super excited for? Like, what keeps you moving? And, and doing things. So what are you really excited for, um, for the future of our planet? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, it's tough because <laughs> like I said, I mean, there's just so many things. Um, on one hand, they get you riled up, but on the other hand, they get you really psyched up and ready to want to do something. Um, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly most excited to, um, to see something outside of plastic being used. I think uh, I just I can't wait for the day when everyone just says, OK, no more, no more plastic, no more single use plastic. And we just have something else. And you've seen it gradually over a period of time, like tote bags, um, random other things like um, like uh, waste, scrap paper, all that stuff. But um Personally, I'm just I'm super excited to see the day when um, when people are no longer walking around with like five plastic shopping bags out of the grocery store. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, for me, that, that's kind of it. And then that obviously that flows down into ocean waste, into just land waste and, and a lot of, lot of plastic being used to. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm curious as to what, what gets you out of that. <laughs> so I'd say it almost it goes back to when we were talking about kind of how the whole world needs to work together. Um, I think it's super interesting. I grew up in the U.S. and you know, we when I was young, I remember I remember the the exact day that I discovered that history it's not fact, right? History completely depends on where you're learning that history and, and who wrote it. And the U.S. history, what we learn in our books is very different, I'm sure, than what anyone else learns. Um, I mean, from the start of, of, you know, the United States from to like holidays of Thanksgiving, like, how did that come about? It's um, like the creations of, of countries like, like Pakistan, you know, how did it actually start? It's totally different <laughs> depending on the book you're reading. And so I think for me, what I'm most excited about moving forward is just simply working together of like, stop looking at all of these borders and saying, oh, you know, you're from, you're in this country, you're in this country, you're in this state, right? It's like, 
no, we're all on the world. Like, why don't we all need to go to the same place? Like you might as well go there together. <laughs> we can't be pushing people down, you know, to try to, and I think that's something super interesting. I listened to the podcast um, by Gimlet Media called How to Save a Planet. And they talk a lot about how it's impossible to completely actually save the planet if we don't focus on equality. Um, so I think that's something that's that I'm excited. Just like, let's all like put our, you know, assumptions aside and just try to work together towards a common goal, I think is kind of what, what gets me out of bed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, this is definitely one small step. I mean, I'm in India, you're in Spain and we work with both partners globally. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great goal to have. <laughs> well, cool. It takes us to our final kind of topics here, focused more on the community piece. So, you know, we do we do have a community. We work with many other communities as well. Um, and so, I'm curious, kind of how community has played a role throughout your journey. You know, I said you said earlier in our conversation how you've been in the U.S. and how you know maybe you've been abroad in other areas, but how have you been able to lean on community or get support or give support to get to where you, you are now? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, the global community is certainly there and it's, it's in very interesting places. I think within sustainability, it's, uh, it's not in the same places that you might see the tech scene going crazy, right? Like um, mm. in SF or... Um, or even parts of the UK, um, uh, or even or even China. Like, I mean, and and what I mean by that is we found very interesting partners in um, in Germany, for instance. Right? There's in fact uh, one or two universities there that focus just on food, agriculture, food waste, and everything. And um, you're seeing a lot of Indian startups in agri tie up with that university. So we've we formed a a, a relationship there. Um, Samir, our managing partner, is on the board of, um, of Shell Foundation. So Shell is a global energy company, and they have a foundation unit that kind of gives grants and makes investments into companies um, in developing nations. Um, I would say, as sort of a general thing, um, we we work with a lot of global partners in very different ways. Um, you have the accelerators, incubators, you have the think tanks, you have the universities. And then you have the other co-investors, right? And so um, either through our portfolio companies or just through our network, we've, um, we've co-invested with people like um, TPG Rise Fund, uh, Amazon Climate Fund, Global Innovation Fund. Um, we've, um, uh, we've previously been on the investment committee of like Factory. We work closely with the company called Blackhorn Ventures. And so there's many funds out there. And I think uh, these relationships need to be established in kind of a couple of different ways, mainly with intent, right? Um, for a think tank, the intent is purely just to learn. Like we come to them as students being like, look, just tell us what you know about this space because we're looking at some, doing something here. Uh, so just can you help us think through our thesis better? And that's really what helps us. And so we've worked with um, MIT and Stanford in the past too and have relationships with professors there. Um, and then when it comes to co-investors, What's your thesis on the space? What do you want to come in on a deal? Bringing more capital into the ecosystem where, where we believe it should go. Um, then with kind of universities, uh, where we're a mentor to, um, to firstly, like a, a university in India called IIT Mandi. And um, we look at over 70 of their companies, all of which are sustainability oriented, helping things going from the ground up, uh, helping student entrepreneurs. All of that is necessary when you think about partnerships, because 
all of it is not just relevant to creating a successful VC business, but bringing, bringing different channels together. And sometimes we don't even participate. We're just the intermediary to be like, look, both of you uh, other organizations should connect. And so that's kind of how we view it. Um, I think one of the biggest pieces here is that there's so much space to play that we really don't care for being like, okay, we're not going to mention this to one partner because he might steal our deal. We're happy if more things happen. And so uh, it's very open in that sense. That's fascinating. It's, it's true. I mean, there's so many different areas that are needed. And I, you know, I see a lot of, you know, people who are trying to change their careers to be more climate driven. It's really like any job can be applied to, you know, working with a company that's focused on climate action. I mean, you know, we should all be focused on building a sustainable future, not only for our businesses, but, you know, for the planet itself. So I'd love to wrap up here and, you know, understand how our community can help support you. So is there any sort of final call to action for how we might be able to support your mission moving forward that you want to uh, leave us with? Yeah, well, firstly, thanks for the, thanks for the conversation. It was, really, it was really great speaking to you and also helps us think through kind of things better. <laughs> I would say, firstly, for one, this, this conversation in itself, um, if it serves any purpose in terms of catalyzing people to think about sustainability, do anything within their daily life, we, we just strongly believe it just starts with the consumer and his daily life, even a small thing turning off your lights, not, not leaving kind of a heater on for too long. All of that compounded makes a huge impact. So at, at, at a very base case, I would just say to all your viewers, um, if you can just keep sustainability top of mind, I'm sure they already do, that would be the best way. Um, outside of that, look, I mean, um, like I mentioned, we have a big community of people who are looking to hire, who are looking to do things, build things in this space. If you're a founder, if you're an investor, LP, um, feel free to reach out to me and I'll give Kelly my email and, um, and we'd love to help you kind of build something or create something in this space. Um, it's necessary and kind of, it's the thing we should all be working on right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the perfect wrap up. We all need to go. We all need to get in the bus and go in the same direction. <laughs> <laughs> so get on. <laughs> yep, Amazing. Exactly. Well, so great speaking with you. And um, yeah, I look forward to, to keeping in touch and seeing you know, where you guys are headed and all of the new exciting projects. Like you said, you just reviewed 400 and I'm sure that's going to be even snowballing and you know, in the next Definitely. few months will be 800 and more, more and more and more as we all move in the same direction. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot. Really appreciated it. And good luck with everything. You as well. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Brand Saving the World is an original podcast and Ola Impact production. Our host is Kelly Rogan, and we appreciate all feedback and podcast ideas sent to the email hello at olaimpact.com.